0: Him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old and from him. And today's gospel reading is from John 3, 1 through 17. Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God. How can these things be? Jesus answered them, Are you the teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand these things? Truly, truly, I say to you, we speak of what we know and bear witness to what we have seen, but you do not receive our testimony. If I have told you earthly things, and you do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven but in order that the world might be saved through him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
1: May the words of my mouth and the meditations of each of our hearts be pleasing and acceptable to you, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Five days after returning from a trip that included three time zones, five countries, six airplanes, seven hotel rooms, nine customs desks, and I don't know how many miles in buses and vans, it would be very easy for me to read the lectionary passage for today that includes John 3.16 and totally phone it in on preaching. Especially after this study seminar trip where we spent the time talking about connections with Christians in another part of the world, about human rights and mission. I could really hammer on that God so loved the world part of this passage today. And it's definitely true that God loving and saving the world is really important for us to remember when we're talking about mission and connections with other people of faith and about human rights. But in light of some of the stories I heard in Central America and at the border with Mexico and some of the people of faith I met while I was there, I wanna focus today on the part of this passage that we don't often spend as much time on. I wanna talk about Nicodemus. And then I want to share a couple of stories of churches I got to know a little bit over the past couple of weeks. Nicodemus has seen the things that Jesus has done, his miracles, his teaching, the way that people gravitate toward him and follow him. But Nicodemus is also in a pretty precarious situation socially. If he's caught talking with Jesus... It could have serious implications for his career, his social life, and maybe even his family. Talking to this radical teacher who didn't agree with the religious elite in charge was a risky move. So he goes to Jesus at night, all sneaky-like, and he says to Jesus, You are doing incredible things. You must be from God. And Jesus' response to him is really weird. You have to be born all over again to see God's kingdom. And Nicodemus, unsurprisingly, says, what? But then Jesus explains that he's talking about being made into a new kind of person by the Holy Spirit. You can only become a God's kingdom visionary, a world-changing, powerful part of the Christian movement, if you let the Holy Spirit make you someone totally new. At first, it seems like Jesus is changing the subject, but really, he's saying, I am sent by God so that you too can do God's work. Being born again, which is a phrase I don't like to use because of all the cultural baggage it has gathered throughout recent history, but being born again isn't just about going to heaven. In fact, Jesus even says here, if I told you about life here on earth and you didn't even get that, how are you going to jump straight to understanding how heaven works? You've got to go through Jesus, the only one on earth who ever really understood heaven. And that involves becoming someone new here and now. And becoming someone new here and now isn't something we can do on our own power. It's something the spirit does in us. With surprising results, most of the time. I met people in some churches in my recent travels who are doing surprising and sometimes unpopular or countercultural things because the Spirit moved them with a vision of the kingdom here on earth. And as a result, they've become something new and different and beautiful and world changing. The very first church we met with was our host in San Salvador, the capital city of El Salvador. The Reformed Calvinist Church of El Salvador, a very good Presbyterian name there, also called Irsis, is our partner denomination in El Salvador. And the main head- church headquarters is also a worshiping congregation. A number of years ago, this congregation noticed something about a local neighborhood. Many of the children didn't have a safe place to go to school. They had a local public school, but many of the children who were in the district for that school lived in a neighborhood that was controlled by a different gang than the gang that controlled the neighborhood the school was in. That meant that there were many children who were literally in danger of being murdered on their way to school simply because of the neighborhood they lived in. So the church built another school. This one's in a place where it's safe for children from either neighborhood to attend. And the gangs leave it alone because they know it's there to better their neighborhood and help their children. And the school continues to grow and hundreds of children are educated because of the work of this congregation. The government has noticed this school and the success and has actually funded a high school to go in that spot as well. In 2014, there was a huge influx there in San Salvador of returned migrants. And at first, the church began handing out hygiene kits to people as they arrived as a little way of of helping out. But it was quickly apparent that those were barely a scratch on the surface of the need that folks were coming back with. So they did what any reasonable church would do, They converted about half their building into a temporary shelter for returned migrants. In the past six years, they have sheltered 82 returned Salvadorans, including whole families, while they figured out getting back on their feet again. They have trauma services available, counseling, spiritual direction, food, bedrooms, pastoral care, and more. And since the establishment of their school, and then later this returned migrant shelter, they have gone from a regular Sunday morning attendance of about 15 to 30 people to a regular Sunday morning attendance of about 15 to 30 people. You heard me right. Their membership has not changed. (laughs) They have the same number of people in the pews today as they did before. There were a few people who were really uncomfortable with the shelter at first, but they came to terms with it and waited it out, and they still aren't a huge part of the operations, but they still support the church and recognize this important mission and the work that is being done. So nobody really left over this new mission, but uh, they also didn't really get any new members either. But they were okay with that. It was never about that. It was about being who the Holy Spirit called them to be, regardless of Sunday morning attendance. That tiny little church has has allowed 82 lives to be powerfully touched by God's love. In Tijuana, Mexico, we were honored to visit a shelter for families who are waiting for their asylum hearings for entry into the United States. Most of these families are fleeing gang violence, government persecution, or extreme poverty. So when they arrive at the border to seek refugee status, they generally have no resources left at their disposal. They can't afford hotel rooms or apartments or anything like that. So there are literally thousands of homeless people living in Tijuana waiting to find out if they'll be granted entry. After a wave of Haitian refugees showed up in Tijuana in 2016, one local church thought, we've got space. So they opened up some of their space for refugees to stay in. And since then, waves of Central American refugees have shown up. And the church has gradually given over more and more of its space to this very scriptural mission to take care of refugees who are stuck in a foreign land. And today there is still space in the main fellowship room for a worship service, but there are cots and tents around the edges of the fellowship hall. There are other, uh, warehouse-like rooms and Sunday school rooms are all filled with cots and tents and people and kitchens. And on all the church property around the building are more buildings full of people that those who have come have built to stay in. There's a little farm there now. And in the front of the property fly all the flags of all the countries the people who live there at the church have come from. Haiti, Guatemala, El Salvador, Honduras, Cameroon, and more. And since 2016, when that first wave of refugees arrived, that church's membership has gone from 250 to 30. Not 230, just 30. They lost 220 members. 220 people got upset that they were taking in the homeless refugees and they left. But the 30 that are left, they have provided food and shelter for literally thousands of people. To be fair, they've definitely been in over their heads at times. The accommodations would never uh, pass code in the United States, even for a homeless shelter. There are just tents everywhere in giant rooms, men, women, children, all living in in the same areas. Um, The tents are there inside the buildings so that families can have some semblance of privacy. There's no commercial washing machine at this point, which makes washing blankets for 500 people very interesting. Uh, the kitchen is not well-equipped. It's quite small, probably smaller than the kitchen we have here in our basement at this church. But it beats living on the streets. And they're doing God's work of caring for other people the best that they can with the resources they have. Are they doing God's work perfectly? Nope. None of us ever do. But hundreds of families have been given the peace of mind that comes with a dry floor and a solid roof. Thousands of people have been provided with a place to stay while they wait months and even years, sometimes to find out if they will be granted refugee status to move into the U.S. to start a new life free of violence and poverty. We met with lots of other churches and church groups, too. There's the church in Guatemala City that has learned to adapt as the city changes dramatically around them. There are the churches in Honduras that have networked with local justice agencies to fight for human rights in their country and to care for those who've been returned from other countries or who have given up on the difficult journey. There's the church in Tijuana that doesn't have a building at all. They pack all their physical church belongings, chairs and everything in a small trailer and set up shop at the border wall each week so that Christians in the US and Christians in Mexico can worship together Each week from both sides of the wall and share lunch together. Even though all you can fit through the mesh behind the slatted wall to pass the piece to one another is a pinky finger. So passing the piece there is pinky finger. They were all at different parts of their lives as churches and individuals when the Holy Spirit moved them to do these things. Some were just starting out as a church, some were middle aged, like Nicodemus. And some were old, like 75-year-old Abram, told by God to strike out and move somewhere new. But just like Abram, they all hopped up and headed out on the road. God loves the whole world and continues to be in relationship with us, regardless of age, regardless of our place in history, regardless of where we are from. And this whoever-believes-in-him part is not just about head belief— What is notable about Abram is that even at the age of 75, he believes with his feet when God says go. The churches we met in El Salvador, Guatemala, Honduras, Tijuana, they are believing with their feet. These two churches here in Emsworth and Swickley, we're learning to believe with our feet, to follow with our feet. Doesn't matter that we're small or don't have huge endowments. That's not how God's presence is known. Whoever believes in God is welcomed into the kingdom, here and now and for eternity. Amen.